Hi and welcome to the Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health, and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 37 of the Three Good Podcast. I hope you're doing well, folks. These are very heightened times. I'm recording this on the 7th of June 2020, and I haven't known a period of time where so many things have come together and caused such heightened um, emotion and heightened uh, awareness of how much inequality, unfairness, injustice there is in the world. I mean, before all of the Black Lives Matters protests were kicking off because of the killing of George Floyd, COVID-19 has starkly shown just how much unfairness and injustice there was to a lot of people anyway. It's laid bare just how you know, I think when you consider that over the over the decades when people have been campaigning for different social justice things to take place and to improve in the world, and then all of that has been stripped away because of lockdown situations across the globe, it really shows just how difficult a lot of people um, have to live their lives by. That sentence didn't make sense. Um, It shows how difficult things are for a lot of people. And and it's just highlighted just how bad a lot of those situations can be. And then on top of that, we had a lot of um, awareness raised starkly because of videos about the death, uh, the killing and murder of Ahmad Aubrey, the video of... um, Amy Cooper in Central Park and the killing of George Floyd as well and then the protests that started off because of those and the ongoing discussions about those as well and um, a lot of very good healthy debates happening but also just a lot of real insight happening to just how difficult life is for black people in particular the systemic racism that we've known for years and decades that has been there. And now we have powerful ways to be able to discuss those and evidence them and show people that it's not just a group of people feeling hard done by. They've got actual evidence to show that their lives are fundamentally harder because of the colour of their skin. So some really hard stuff. And in amongst all that, we're still in, we're still in, well, in the UK at least, we're still in some form of lockdown. But it's the lockdown I want to discuss. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm also really cautious about this as well. And I'm cautious because there's important, there's important stuff that is going on across the world right now that we should rightly be focused on. And, I'm trying to balance that, all of that important stuff with 
So why is it important to release a podcast episode about how to live a positive life, right? Or about how to understand things that are happening in, in different ways. You know, how is my voice in with this kind of content adding to anything? I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm not sure how to square it off. So the, 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 um, the topic of today that I want to discuss is why, from a um, psychological perspective, is lockdown so difficult for so many people? And fundamentally, what are the things that are at play that, that make this such a uh, arduous thing that, that we're all having to live by? So I think it comes down to a few things. One is... Inherently, we are social beings, and that's the that's one of the things that I want to discuss, right? So it's um, what lockdown has taken away from many of us, and that's why a lot of uh, a lot of people are keen to kind of flout the rules where they can, and where we've seen certainly in the UK, where we've had some really really good weather, warm, really warm weather, and uh, really good. Um, uh, yeah, really good sunshine and you know, just good heat all around, is that people have been very willing to go outside, which is completely understandable because they, they have a reason to want to go outside and enjoy being out in the good weather. But what that comes, where that comes from is that we, we enjoy being in the company of others. It's a, it's a, it's a um, long known aspect of human psychology that we we enjoy um, that that social kind of activity in so many different ways, and because of that social level of activity, that social connectedness that we have, the conversations, the meeting of people, the laughing, the debates and conversations, the seeing people face to face, all of that plays such an important part in our well being that. A lot of people are feeling really disconnected from so many others. And not just disconnected, but, you know, we're feeling isolated. We're feeling like we haven't got the um, same level of life, you know, that energy that we receive from other people. And this is not any anything really to do with extroversion, introversion, or where you get your energy from or anything like that, because even introverts at some point require social interaction in order to be able to uh, renew their energy by taking time for themselves. Extended periods of loneliness and isolation tend not to be healthy for us as people. But there's a couple of reasons around that as well. So one is one of the reasons is we've been conditioned to be social creatures by a lot of what happens around us. So although we are social creatures inherently and we seek, we seek other people out and it's a very natural activity, at the same time, we reinforce that social aspect of life massively with um, everything that's going on in, in normal times, everything that goes on. You can travel to far off countries and explore new cultures and find out all this wonderful stuff about other um, countries and how they live their lives taste their foods dance to their songs explore their history all of that stuff 
you can go and eat at a myriad of different restaurants and um, understand about different cuisines. You can go out and have social activities um, in so many different ways. Go to the cinema, go to bowling, go to uh, mini golf, uh, go to the theme parks, go to museums, go to libraries, go to art galleries. So many ways that we have created opportunity for people to be social, to come together in different ways, to learn from one another. So that conditioning has a huge part to play in um, in what we just know of what we like to do, right? Just the way that we experience life. And even if you do that by yourself, it's that those opportunities are there, right? To do those things by yourself. And obviously when it is with other people, then it's about also the company you're keeping as well as the shared experience of doing that with others as well. So that's one aspect of stuff, right? It's that we 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 miss that kind of um, stuff. So there's the so the regular social interactions, but also we are conditioned to do that. What that means then is also that we we're not really supported with being by ourselves. And you know, this is why a lot of people struggle with being on their own. At regular, in regular times, let alone during a period of lockdown and uh, forced isolation, you know, it's uh, when you when you have the choice about whether or not you want to be alone, you can limit that normally to well, yeah, okay, maybe I need an afternoon to myself because I've had a week of seeing other people and needing to just um, you know, switch off to that kind of level of activity. But when it's when it's enforced on us, uh, or rather, actually, no. And, and what we're not really taught is, well, how do you take time for yourself regularly, where you don't have to interact with others, where you can accept your own thoughts, you can accept your own thinking, your own emotions, you can work through stuff in your own way, and you know, what are some of the healthy acts you can do around that stuff, right? So that's where a lot of recent times, we talk about things like self-care activities and reflective practice. And um, kind of mindfulness practice. Because those different types of approaches and those different types of um, activities that you can do personally help you to value you yourself. Value your own time with yourself, with your own thinking, your own emotions, your own stuff that you need to figure out. But that's only been a recent thing, right? In the last maybe 10 years at best. Um, I mean, sure, more people have been speaking about it for a lot longer, but it, they've become much more mainstream, much more regular topics of conversation that we can all become uh, take part in. So for a long time, we've had, um, uh, you know, the, the mainstay is, well, you know, a, to be um, a normal functioning person in society, you have to be going out there, you have to be involved in different activities, meeting with different groups and networking and socialising and, you know, consuming all the different options of entertainment that are available to you and leisure and, you know, personal fitness, activity, all that stuff. So when we've, when that's been a, when that's been the, the, the thrust of what society has told us and then it's all stopped because we haven't had a choice but to stop it, if 
it shakes everything <laughs> to the core almost, where when you don't have any of that available to you, well, how do you replace that with anything um, that has an equivalent? And that's where I think we struggle a lot with then things like the Zoom calls and the, you know, um, a lot of the virtual calls that we have, a lot of the um, virtual interactivity stuff, because they're just not the right kind of replacements. It's not a like-for-like replacement. It's not, you know, going to visit an art gallery is an experience in and of itself. There is something about going into the building, about walking through a particular path to visit different exhibitions and to see the artwork that's created and to spend time and just stand and or sit and contemplate and think about what does that art mean to you. When we go to the cinema, there's a particular uh, experience that we have about going, sitting, buying... Um, the uh, uh, refreshments that we want to have to consume the film in that one sitting and uh, and then, you know, um, go about and do something else afterwards. When we go to a bar, there's, the again, the experience of going there, a throng of people, going up to the bar, ordering a drink, getting a few more because you're with a group of people and having jokes and laughs and discussions and all sorts through the night raised voices music going on people around you lots of energy lots of uh, conversation lots of just activity happening you know all of these things all these um, in-person experiences they can't be replaced in a like-for-like through virtual means So although people have tried and there have been some really amazing attempts at how to encourage others to be um, connecting with each other in virtual ways, we know fundamentally that it's not a replacement. It's not an equivalent. It's a... uh, I I can't even think of the right word. It's it's a stopgap. It's a plaster. It's, It's a thing to do something else. But it's not it's not a like for like, and that's I think that's part of the fundamental problem, and why we're struggling is that we know that when we're having our quiz nights or when we're doing our team calls or when we are uh, trying to collaborate with people virtually, it's um, it's happening, and we we can still make it happen and be productive, but it's there there is a, uh, a, a visceral experience of. Um, a deeper experience of when you're in person that that can't be replaced in that kind of same way. So that that that, but that's because we've been conditioned into that, right? We've been conditioned into when you are being entertained, when you are uh, socialising, and when you are making connections with others. That the way you do that is by t- doing all these things. So there's, I think, you know, I think what we're starting to, hopefully, what I'm starting to just raise is that. Now, you know, there's there's several things at play, and I haven't even started to talk about um, some other things as well, right? But there's, there's there's several things at play currently, which just easily understandable. One is we're, we're social creatures; we we really thrive on being around in the company of others. We're conditioned to doing that because that's that's the modern way of living. 
we haven't been told how to support ourselves when we need to be by ourselves. And so this enforced time kind of just heightens that there's, there's things that are uh, that we would normally expect to be able to do ripped away from us. And um, it, it feels too raw. It feels too bare. I'm too vulnerable because I don't have the normal kind of support networks I might have around me. Uh, so then let's start talking about that stuff as well, right? So when we talk about things like um, the support networks that we have. So ordinarily, you know, we we thrive um, by being able to um, reach out to our friends and contact them and let them know, you know, I could really do with a talk. Can we just meet up and have a chat? Or I just need to see you. I need to spend time with you. And again, that stuff is just not there, right? Because because of the situation we're currently in. And although we can do video calls and we can pick up the phone and have a regular phone call, we know that that experience just isn't the same because we're missing that in-person um, tacit support that we that we know, that we can feel. Primarily, a lot of that is to do with the physical connection, right? It's the physical physicality of being with others. It's such a natural thing that when your friend or when your partner or loved one is upset or feeling sad, you want to reach out, you want to hold them, you want to hug them, you want to let them know that it's okay by the physical support that you're, being able, you're able to offer them. We, we miss that right now. We, we're needing that. And it's also one of the regular things that people are complaining, not complaining about, but they're really um, deeply missing is that we haven't been able to see our loved ones, particularly when many of us have had to face particular hardships. Thousands of people have had to go through mourning because of the death of their loved ones without being able to physically support one another. That is such an important part of healing, such an important part of that acceptance of what's going on is this shared um, sense of of loss that we can't experience that with others and through phone calls through virtual means doesn't suffice it just doesn't allow for that level of um, connection to happen level of um, support that is needed so you know that physicality the, the physical presence of being with others added to that then is the emotional and the mental support that we get from being with others as well. You know, when when you're meeting up with friends and or you're going out with your partner or you're doing something and it's fun and it's, it's out there, you're in a space, you're in an environment where you can um, explore and have fun with each other in different ways, laugh about stuff, joke about stuff, observe things, comment on them. And we don't have that. And then that shared emotional experience that we have is just missed. And although you're still with people, in um, for those of us who are fortunate to be with others, excuse me, um, even though we're still with people, it doesn't mean that we're able to have a full set of experiences. And for those of us who are not with others and having to live in proper isolation, closed off and locked down from other people, is just that much harder, significantly more so, because they don't have someone to just pop their head around and say, hey, what's going on? Which for most people is just nothing really, because I'm just doing the same thing I was doing yesterday and the day before that. 
So there's, there's already added levels of complication going on around the hardship of what lockdown is psychologically and the way that we respond. That emotional support, the connection that we need and the mental support that we need from just the presence of other people that we rely on, that we can have that those kind of conversations with where we just unload. And you know you've got the other person's attention because they're just giving you all their attention. And um, and that you're just allowed to talk and just say what you need to say. When we don't have that, and it's just our minds and our, you know, um, our own thinking processes to go through that stuff. There's a lot here, right? There's, there's so much that is at play about how we do, how we're needing these things. You know, different things I've been reading online as well is about the, there's a collective loss that we're feeling in that um, the way that COVID-19 has uh, just taken all of this away. It, there, and, I, and I understand that. I understand that there's a, a sense of loss because we don't have a lot of the, you know, we, we, um, we at an easy level to understand, we don't have the family or the friend support that we would want to be able to be with each other. And so it does feel like that uh, we have not um, that we have lost, not in terms of death, although certainly that's happened because of the disease, but loss in terms of just I don't know where it's gone. I don't know what to do without it. It's not in my life anymore, and I need that in my life. So there's, I think there's so many of these things come into play, and uh, you know it's that the hardship around a lot of this is that there's no easy resolve to any of it save us being allowed to you know venture back into society properly and certainly in the UK where we're currently at it looks like the signs are up to say that we're going to get there folks we're going to in the next few weeks we're starting to really relax the rules around lockdown and uh, you know full sets of immunities will start to become more available other things later down the road but you know so it's good to know that that's going to be coming but we've also now added to all of the normal social activities is a really sincere worry that we have not really controlled COVID-19. We have not really found a way to effectively manage it in society. And primarily that's because we're still too early stages of it to really understand uh, the disease itself, but also what kind of vaccination might be needed. And of course, there are trials underway to try and develop that. But as we know, vaccinations take a very long time to develop because you have to go through rigorous testing to know that the vaccine you want to provide will actually effectively combat the disease. Um, so, um, so without that in place, and uh, it's it's and un- unless there's wider immunity in the population, which we know we haven't really hit yet because we've only just been exposed to the kind of first wave of whatever the um oh no no whatever but the first wave of the disease, and whether or not there's going to be a second or a third wave um, is yet to be kind of determined. We we don't know what that looks like or feels like. So even when lockdown is being reduced and we can start to see others and interact and be a bit, rebuild those connections and those 
um, uh, activities to help us to get back out there in life and really feel like we're being able to do that again, it's going to be met with a lot of difficulty because people are not going to want to uh, necessarily put themselves at risk. Certainly those who are immu- um, who have weak immune systems and who've had to shield for the last uh, 12 weeks because um, you know, that's what the government has mandated, that they are at risk and so they need to be protected. So you know, in under normal circumstances, they would have a, a tough time to uh, make sure that they have everything they need to be well when they go out and do the things they need to do. And now they've got the added complication that if they go out, they risk being uh, infected by the disease and causing themselves further problems. That's, that's massively hard. It's, it's a hugely hard thing to try and reconcile. I mean, personally, I, I'm wary of going out and being in public space with others right now because I have no faith that we've done enough to be able to control the virus. So I, yeah, it's going to be great that there's going to be restaurants opening and at some point pubs and uh, what have you, and we'll be able to get back into doing these things as normal. But for at least a few months, I'm really not seeking to get back into that because I just don't think we've got the right understanding or support or mecha- or you know um, uh, not mechanisms, uh, but the right solutions in place to keep us all safe and keep us you know, healthy in society. So there's going to be a lot going on still. The psychological safety that we have, that we normally have with society, is currently broken because of COVID nineteen. And um, not and you know what we have to really understand about that is um, is forcing us to really examine. So what does it? What do we need to be a healthy functioning society? Because clearly it's taken a hit on the economy because everyone because everyone was having to lock down. We could not sustain that for a prolonged period of time because then it starts to have further impacts um, because of the ongoing downturn in the economy. If we continue to do that, it starts to have much more negative impacts on the money that's available in the economy, what people can spend, what they won't spend, what savings look like, investments that are made for uh, R&D purposes, for, conti- for innovation to take place, for you know, for galleries and for entertainment um, and theatres to survive, for um, public funding to be available. All of that starts to take a hit the longer we stay in lockdown. So it starts to become a really d- very difficult set of choices around, well... How do we make sure that we allow people to be safe um, at work in uh, re- returning back to society and that we don't continue to uh, reduce the capacity for people to contribute to society as we need them to? So the, the psychological safety that we have and the normal psych- set of psychological contracts that we have with, well, you know, under all normal circumstances, I can get up, I can go to work, I can travel, I can commute, I can feed myself, I can um, meet my colleagues, be productive, meet my friends, spend money, do the things I need to do, uh, feel healthy, go to the gym, take some time out, go on holidays. All of those things require a level of understanding that I'm safe enough to be able to do that. The safety that I have 
helps me to feel confident that I can get out there and do all the things I need to do. It's, that's fundamentally broken right now. And I'm really unsure what, how to, you know, what we're going to need in order to get that, to get back to feeling that kind of safety. I don't think a vaccine is going to be enough. I also don't think it's going to be enough to be able to say that there's improved um, social distancing or you know, having COVID secure workplaces or COVID secure restaurants or whatever, it, you know, whatever the right terminology needs to be. Because it's not just there, it's also in, in the hospitals. How are hospitals expected to uh, support ongoing care that they need to for the regular um, health needs of the country when, um, when we haven't really got to the bottom of how to control for it anyway? And there are many people who are refraining from going to the hospital because they don't want to put the NHS under burden. Which is, again, in the initial stages, very understandable, right choices to make. But as time goes on, if people continue to do that, they're putting their own health further at risk and could cause themselves future problems because they weren't able to receive the care they needed in the moment to um, alleviate whatever it was that they were going through. So it's that, that, again, coming back to that safety aspect, it's really hard to know how do we ensure safety for people so that they can go back feeling safe and secure in the knowledge that they're not going to contract COVID-19? Massively hard question, really hard one to resolve. And, um, you know, I don't think there's any easy answers around it. So what I th- I'm hoping to have done with today's podcast is just provide some level of thinking some level of um, insight into why is it why has this period been so difficult for many of us how do we how do we um, think about that in ways that can help us to understand it better I don't think there's any easy answers to necessarily how we um, feel better about this situation because I don't think it's one that you can readily provide that kind of solution to you know um, there are some people who will be totally fine in this kind of situation because of different reasons that they need to be by themselves and shielded away from other people, which is totally good and very fine. There are many who will be struggling with this ongoing situation because they are missing all of those things that we've I've been talking about in this podcast. And you know, when you're when what what I think we are also just fundamentally missing is. We haven't had enough support to help us to know um, through this period of lockdown, here are the things that we're going to help you to do that are going to help you to keep emotionally, mentally, physically healthy. We've just been expected to get on with it, which is fine. I've got no problem with that kind of um, autonomy. Um, and that kind of personal agency to decide what do I need to do and what's the best thing for me. And certainly I've been exploring that huge amount. You know, um, I've been trying different types of exercise regime. I've I've tried not doing exercise, eating habits, um, drinking habits, um, you know, sleeping habits, film consumption, all sorts of things in different ways to help me figure out um, what, what's the right balance of stuff that I need through all this 
and I haven't found anything that settles and I'm still just allowing myself to just figure stuff out as I'm walking through stuff but what I think has been missing through that is the research the evidence base that says well here's the stuff that we know because of other not similar situations but when when people have had to do these things before this is how they've lived through lockdown these are the things that we know uh, will make a tangible difference so there have been attempts at trying to understand for people who uh, have to be quarantined for health reasons for example or they have to be quarantined uh, because of um, you know their conditions they're in so for example um, all of the um, people who serve on submarines for example or our um, astronauts who are on the space station and doing that work you know there are very certain situations where people need to be quarantined and they are separated and isolated from others and there have been attempts at how do we understand how people maintain a, a level of wellness through that but what's missing i feel and i haven't seen and if there is out there i'm very happy to be drawn to it what i think is missing is here's the research that tells us here's how you maintain psychological wellness physical wellness mental emotional wellness and how we um, what you can practically do on a day-to-day basis to keep that stuff up as well as your own insights your own learning your own sets of discussions with others about what these things look like for you. Yeah, you know, I think that's just been so, so missing, and it's it's a much needed thing, which maybe this is maybe this period of time provides that base, provides that foundation to be able to have that kind of research going on. So I'd be really fascinated to know if that kind of research is out there and available, uh, or if it's not out there and available, wrong ways to describe it, if it's out there and happening and uh, what kind of insights we're able to gain from that so that, yeah, hopefully we don't have to experience something like COVID-19 again for several decades. But if it does come back around again, we're able to know, right, here's good research that we've done from something that happened previously and how we can support the society and community at large to be well during this and we're going to have confidence in the resilience of the um, of the population that they're going to be okay that we're asking them to do something incredibly difficult and these are the ways that we are recommending that they stay healthy during that period so i think uh, for today i'm going to leave it there folks um and again, I'm going to just come back to, you know, there's, there's, there's a personal kind of hesitancy I have about publishing the episode in the face of some very big societal things that are happening. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm unsure just you know, what, how useful is it for me to actually do this? So I'm doing it because I'm trying to testing that water to see, okay, is it, is it okay? Is, there a, is it acceptable for me to put this out there? and to hear that kind of feedback and commentary back and i'm very open to hearing that as well so folks i hope you are well i hope you are staying safe and that you are healthy and that um hopefully in the weeks that come by we start to understand more about what we can do to reconnect in different ways as always you can connect with me uh, in the normal ways you can connect with me on twitter at sukapabiel you can uh, leave comments on the podcast uh, at threegood.pubbean.com 
Um, or, you know, if you know me in other ways and you want to just drop me a note, then please do. Be well, stay safe. See you on the next episode, folks.